Today in TFC Stock Geekout, we're going to explore a company you coconuts are very familiar with as a user. They have fundamentally changed the way music industry works today, creating an ecosystem with a suite of technological tools and user base. Recently, they're going on a mission to consolidate the podcast space, and they've made multiple big acquisitions from content powerhouses like Gimlet to superstar Joe Rogan to podcast tech players like Anchor. They are spending their hearts out. So joining me today to geek out on this audio giant will be Thomas Teo, our in-house stock and tech geek. So who better to go into this than him? We explored Spotify, breaking down its business beyond a product, understanding who are its competitors, how are its numbers coming along, and whether or not it can actually become a successful player, pun intended. <laughs> Especially when big boys like Amazon, Apple, and Google are all attacking it. For the sake of reference, this episode was recorded on 15th of May 2021 and released early to our community members. Our discussion today is solely for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not serve as any form of advice or recommendation. So thank you for loving what we do and empowering us financially to do more for you. Let's geek out. So yes, welcome back. Today we are once again in the house together with Thomas, right? So I think the other time we talked about Facebook and you're a tech geek, you definitely have a lot to talk about like in the tech space from investing, from engineering viewpoint. So what are we going to be discussing today? Today we're going through Spotify. Spotify, like I, I think a lot of people may be listening on this on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, not a foreign company, but I think... Um, same as Facebook, for a lot of these tech platforms, a lot of us, we are users, right? So we only use it from one angle, but we don't actually understand the whole business as a collective, you know, as there are many other business processes within this thing. What does it take to make a Spotify? How did they become who they are today? I think originally they started out with uh, all these kind of mass consumer, uh, low-cost streaming models, right? And then they slap on a paid model on top of it. So you remove mm. the ad. So it's a premium listening experience. But uh, recently, I think what has been interesting uh, is that they've been going into podcasting as well. Uh, mm. And that's an avenue which is uh, quite new for all of us. But it seems like the for me, metrics, uh, the take-up rates are quite good. Lah. Yeah, insider information has it that you know, our traffic for our podcast, 70% comes from Spotify. <laughs> so yes... Woo! They are picking up most of the traffic in the podcast space. I think they have a much better um, user experience and they're not shy on leveraging what they already have in the music streaming space. You know, since a lot of these people that listen to music are also, you know, podcast listeners, right? So that's kind of that's where it is. Yeah, do, do you want to kind of work us through what is their main products like then? You know, since they have like new stuff coming up, but... Their OG is, you know, music streaming. So is it the same as like how we should look at it from like a Netflix angle? How does that work? I think Spotify is very seamless. You can just open any app and then just play whatever you want, right? But for it to actually get there, there's a lot of uh, work that they actually needed to do to get you exactly what you need. Um, so maybe we can split them into some of these like components uh, of, of Spotify. And then uh, for those listening, you can just play around and say, oh, I didn't know this feature existed. Yeah. Okay, so the first one, right, uh, maybe when you listen to music for the first time, you see, like, it's pretty bare bones, you see a list of recommendations, right? It's like, oh, I, I don't even listen to this stuff, I'll just try lah. yeah. So, the recommendations is, is, is basically um, trying to figure out what is your music taste, your preferences, right? And after one or two listens, or maybe you find some other soundtrack from elsewhere, you shazam it, and then you, you, you open it with Spotify, right? Spotify Shazam. starts to... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is Shazam... Is, does Spotify own Shazam now? No, no, no. So Spotify no, okay, integrates okay. with Shazam. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I love Shazam. Hmm. So, so Shazam, uh, me, me at least, uh, I use it to, to try and figure out what is that song playing in the background. Like, let's say you go to the cafe. Hey, this I beat know. is nice. Uh, I can't exactly. figure out into it. Yeah. Yes, when, when I'm on the grab, then this uncle play the song. It's like, wow, this is like classic, huh? like very cool song. What is it, right? Then just Shazam it. <laughs> then you Paisei nice. to ask uncle, so you Shazam behind. <laughs> Dude, modern day Paisei, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting <laughs> new phenomenon, yes. <laughs> mm. So actually, it, it, all these integrations right, are also pretty useful. Um, you may not know uh, that actually Spotify has a lot of different uh, types of integrations. And they all link back 
to these recommendations, which is the core of, of their product, which is why you keep uh, listening in the first place. You can just shuffle a playlist and then it's basically the next thing that you uh, don't mind hearing. Uh. If you don't like it, then you can just jump to the next one. I think that's not an issue. But uh, it's what makes it sticky. Is, is this all like similar to what we discussed about Facebook the other time, where Facebook do all these different things to collect your data so then they can better aggregate the experience for the advertisers? So Spotify is doing all these different things to aggregate the data so they can better, you know, curate the experience for the consumer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. There, there's a whole yeah. different set of algorithms, right, designed just for sound. So it's pretty interesting. Mm. Uh, we can talk about it nice. another time. Uh, yeah, for sure. Nice. Shazam, nice. for instance, for Spotify. Um, like, you know, there's a certain beat, maybe a certain BPM that you like or certain segments or like the chorus, maybe you like it very much, right? They will try to find something very similar to that and recommend you as the next thing to play. Yeah. Nice. So this is pretty pretty uh, different from the Facebook ones, which is looking at maybe like more uh, static data, static kind of data. It looks at different mm. kinds of dimensions and all that, uh, like your location, right? Where you've last been and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But sound is, is a very different uh, type of, of data. La. But yes, there's, there's machine learning, there's AI going on to, to recommend you the best one possible. Mm, that's why the heat rate is very high. So far, I think Spotify recommends me pretty good stuff. I do enjoy most of them. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. And, and, and you would pay for it? The thing is, the, the <laughs> thing is, I'm getting sufficiently irritated with the ads that I'm going to pay for it very soon. You will probably see me pay for it like in a month or two as, as I get more irritated with ads. You know, because mm-hmm. I, used, I used to only use Spotify for podcast. And in a podcast set, you know, the ad is actually determined by the podcaster, right? So no random injection of like <laughs> the Spotify ads mm. and a healthy eating campaign, what kind of weird shit that, that, that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that experience was a lot more curated from a podcast standpoint. And that was great. But sometimes I get tired of podcasting and I want to listen to audio, right? And I want to listen to music. Uh, favorite genre piece <laughs> so I wanted to get some peace but it's not peaceful at all because 15 minutes in there'll be ads 10 minutes in there'll be ads mm-hmm. you know? so, so I think the ad experience is a way of pushing me to want to pay for premium right? so that, that's mm-hmm. an interesting thing that I'm, I'm experiencing from a user standpoint mm-hmm. actually that's a really good observation because uh, most other people also face that and uh, it's to do with uh, their pricing models also, for Spotify's pricing models. So, yeah, other than the recommendations, you've got um, things that you can discover on a weekly basis, right? Rather than you get like, oh, recommended next song, next song, next song. Sometimes you just want to like take a break. And then when you come back, right, wow, it's a fresh list of songs you've never heard before. But they're all nice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, then you're just going to like binge listen and, and things like that, right? Uh, you've also got uh, Release Radar. So Release Radar is, is basically like a radar for upcoming releases. And uh, yeah, we've already talked about the daily mixes. Uh, so these are the things that you, you hear on a daily basis. So recommendations is, is a core part of Spotify. Uh, of course, there's other kinds of things which uh, is common in, in any like music playing app where you have like playlists, right? You have your own different kinds of collections of music. Like this is a song that you really, really like or brings you into the mood. The mood for gym, right? The mood for studying, um, staycation mode, all that kind of stuff, lah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can put this into <laughs> into collections. You're thinking of night playlist. mode, right? Night mode, like <laughs> chill night mode, lah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, know what yeah, you're thinking, yeah, yeah. La. Yeah. yeah, Netflix and chill. Yeah, Spotify and chill. Okay, continue, continue. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can share these collections with people. You see, so mm. music is is like a very community thing, actually. Mm. Right? It's it's like a like maybe olden days. There are tribes and all that. They bond together with music. So when you share similar tastes or genres with other people, right, you are including them in that kind of like social dynamic. So that's pretty interesting where um, Spotify helps you to curate the good songs that you find for other people, uh, close inverted commas, and then you share it to other people. And you say, oh, mm. wow, your music tastes are so good. Actually, you know, like Spotify behind the scenes. Yeah. So for, <laughs> those that have, for those that are not familiar with Spotify, when, you, when your friends are actually recommending really good songs, Ask them where mm. they got it from. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like not not from YouTube or something. It's probably from Spotify. Yeah, premium users of Spotify. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> so so that so that's like the the user part, right? You have all these different recommendations and all these uh, features to help you, you know, curate a great music consumption experience, right? And then how how do they then kind of push you into the premium model? 
You know, that, right. do you have some thoughts on that? Yes. Because uh, right, uh, you, right. you can use it for mm. free with, with disturb, random, random ads disturbing you, right? But then mm. they're trying to do the whole premium. They call it the freemium model. Free first and then try to upsell you into premium, right? So how, how does that mm. work in, in your view? There are methods of doing that. Sure. So let's talk about the music part first. So for music, if you happen to find a song online or somewhere, you open the link to Spotify, right? You can play that song maybe uh, once directly. And then uh, anytime else you, you want to add it to a playlist, for example, you don't get to actually play the song directly. You have to go through the entire recommended playlist. And then uh, eventually, you might hit the song that you wanted to play. Uh, this is, is, is uh, it's a good and bad thing because it invites you to add more songs which uh, sounds like the thing that you want to play, so it recommends you more of what you want to play. La. But it's more annoying. Data. It yeah. is annoying, yeah, because you just want to play that one song, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's stuck in your head and stuff like that. So uh, you don't get that with the free experience. Then you, they prompt you sometimes with advertisements. So in between... Sometimes? Uh, every time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're prompting me again and again and again. You know, every maybe five songs, there'll be an ad prompting me hey, do you want a better Spotify experience, right? <laughs> Join premium, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, Sp- Spotify's AI is like, oh, Reggie, it's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> again and upgrade, again yeah. and again. My goodness, crazy. Mm-hmm. So there, there are two different types of ads, right? Uh, do you see the one which pops up if you use on your PC or your Mac? There's no, actually I, visual I ads that appear. Wow, they okay, have so visual that- ads now. Mm. Mm-hmm. They have visual ads uh, that, that pop up. So when you, you choose a new song, for example, that appears. Right, immediately after a song that uh, has finished already, uh, then it has these kind of um, w- is it the correct term interstitial ad or it's more of like sound ads lah. I'm not sure what's yeah, the correct term yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. So we, sound we just ads, call it audio ads. Yes, audio ads. Right, right. Mm. And then um, these are in between the next song that you want to play, uh, or the next recommendation. Yeah. So this gets annoying after a while. You like ah, mm. the the sound is so good, but then they have all these kind of blockers in my way of a good sound experience. So like, yes. I, uh, Spotify, uh, the free child running out already. Okay la, okay la, upgrade la, upgrade la. $9.99 USD. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't sound too bad, you know, like t- uh, 10 bucks. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so that's the, that's the very powerful freemium model, which we can talk about later because apparently the numbers are not as sexy, you know, or... or at least we're seeing average revenue come down, right? So that, that we can talk about slightly later. But mm. we also spend some time to talk about, you know, since we're at the process of understanding this whole product, we also need to understand that, hey, it's not just the front-end user experience, right? There's the back-end, you know, for your creators, for your artists, for your professionals that are providing content for the platform, right? So, so what does Spotify do for these guys? Right, right, right. So Spotify has a really good uh, back-end platform, right, for these creators, uh, to some creators will beg to differ some creators uh, will beg to differ <laughs> because <laughs> Spotify is you know is paying very little for stream but we can talk about that later also you know we're com- compared to its competitors okay mm-hmm. but yeah yeah let's please continue <laughs> I see I see I see some um, tension there <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> alright Spotify has let, let me rephrase Spotify has a not bad interface for creators to actually upload <laughs> their content <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. So they have this tool called Canvas. Uh, basically, it's like a looping visual for each of the track. So um, when you play, say, like a CD last time, right? Your CD, you have your record label, you have your um, the label art and all that kind of stuff, right? It looks nice, right? Aesthetically pleasing. Now, how do you produce that on a digital platform? Yeah, so this is what Canvas does. Uh, and it tries to make it interesting such that it will keep looping, right? Or you can loop to, to any other visual to make the experience a little bit nicer. Lah. Yeah, but this is actually quite engaging um, as compared to having nothing at all. So artists usually use this uh, regardless. And then um, we also have the ad creator. Basically, it's for advertisers. Lah. Uh, but also, um, this is something that may or may not be a good experience. Um, you can put in audio, <laughs> video, podcast ads and all that. But what's powerful about it is the capability, right? So you can target certain kinds of fans, customize the experience for your fans also. Yeah. So this puts a lot of control onto the uh, artists. It puts a lot of control to the ad creators as well. Yeah. Give a little bit of context for the ad creators. I think at this 
per moment in time, Spotify is extremely sophisticated with audio, like music ads, right? They've done a, they've done spent a lot of time there. I mean, that's how they all build up, right? So between mm. songs and you know all those kind of stuff, right? They they have done a great job in terms of building that whole ad marketplace and ad structure, right? For for advertisement and music. But in the podcast space, they're still very young, it's still very scattered. They acquired a few people. Right, so uh, it is not as integrated yet. We're still in the process of trying to build this ecosystem, and nobody in the space has built that end-to-end experience yet. Right, so Spotify is one of the leaders in trying to make this an end-to-end um, from a user standpoint, content creator, even to the advertiser standpoint, even uh, on the podcast side of things. Right, so still very early days in this thing. Yeah, let's make sure we we put this out there. Mm-hmm. So so uh, to clarify the podcasting space is still very nascent, very, very new. And even for Spotify, right, they're still trying to figure things out of how to actually um, optimize this for the podcasters as well as for the listeners. Everybody is still figuring out how to podcaster thinking of how to make money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure that soon, yes. Mm-hmm, interesting. Okay, so the, the next other thing I think very useful to, uh, whether it's a music creator or podcaster, la, will be the statistics, right? You want to see how many streams, um, what's the performance of your podcast, how many people have seen it, from where, and stuff like that. Um, and where are they actually discovering it from? So, uh, I think earlier in example, we talked about the Shazam and then to Spotify, right? Maybe that's how I usually um, find out about new music. But for others, right, it may be very different. And it's pretty useful if we know this, because basically that's where uh, perhaps a bulk of your listeners will be. It's perhaps uh, something that you can also determine the behavior of these listeners. Yeah, so so from like a sound data standpoint, right? These are very, very important. It is. As compared to say like Facebook, right? You have like very static ads. Oh, I already know where the customer is, right? I already know the customer profile and all that kind of stuff. But mm. sound, right, is very experiential. You could be on the go. You could be listening on your phone or you could be listening at home, let's say in COVID times, right? These all matter because the experience to switch between a phone to, uh, uh, let's say you're listening to the phone halfway, you reach home already. Then you cut off. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to listen to this song anymore. I switched the song. Uh, that's it lah. The stream just got cut off. So you know totally. that. Yeah, you, you, shouldn't, you, you shouldn't maybe be releasing the, the songs in a certain time. Uh, or maybe like everyone just listens to your song on the bus, for example, yes. or on the train. Yeah, that's awesome, yes, yes. right? But you yes. shouldn't be listening to the song <laughs> on the way back to home. Then gonna cut. Yeah. yeah. That kind of stuff lah. I- that kind of stuff. Yes, yes. Those data extremely important to creators. I don't speak for music creators, but I speak for podcasters. Um, amongst all the different platforms, I think Spotify provides one of the most comprehensive data set from what is the stream numbers, where does it drop off, right? Because a lot of other platforms, they only tell you downloads. They don't tell you like what is the listen-through rate, which is very important from an audio experience standpoint, right? So we're very proud to say that our listen-through rate is about 70 over percent. So that's great, right? Because that means we've done a good job in trying to make sure the experience end-to-end is great where someone will listen to all the way to the end, right? And that's extremely important uh, from an audio advertiser standpoint also, from a consumer standpoint and from a sponsored content and creator standpoint, right? So I think that is like a one-up for Spotify providing us all these content. But the thing is, Spotify can Mm. give me all these content it does not restrict me from streaming onto other people's platform also. Oh, that's right? awesome. So the content mm. gives me the reality as to what are audiences interested in, what is the kind of content format that works, but it does not say that, you know, I cannot refine it to test it on Spotify and prove that, you know, hey, this structure works and then stream it on Apple and Amazon and Google and everywhere else. Mm. Right? So most of the podcasters actually do that because there's a third-party hosting platform. Mm. Right, so ah, world of difference here. But yeah, Spotify mm. is definitely doing a great job in providing analytics for a lot of the audio content creators. So kudos to that. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, so you can use Spotify as like a proxy, right? To go and determine, yeah, even let's say it's on, on Apple Music or like uh, Prime and then stuff like that. Yes. But roughly your yes. audience segments behave the same way. Should be the they, same, they yes. The same. Yeah, I think this is really, really handy, yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's a powerful thing. So, uh, the only complaint is the interface, lah. <laughs> overall, I think I think they're they're doing a good job. Honestly, from my view as a consumer, as a producer, you know, a content creation platform, I think they're doing a very good job. Uh, 
one of the leaders in, in this space, you know, from the product standpoint. But mm. I'm relatively concerned about the business side of things, you know, because right. they are not dominant. They're not like Netflix yet. When Disney comes in, when all these other guys come in, Netflix was already the big boy, right? Mm. And um, all these guys come in to try to eat their lunch. But Spotify is at best a one-third player in this game. Right? There are a lot of other players so they're not dominant and all these other people are already fighting them. So I'm not sure if they can become that dominant player, which is extremely important in a content streaming business because the, the cost, the marginal cost is limited, right? Marginal cost per content piece creator is limited. The upside mm. is unlimited. So every dollar that creates content, the more you stream, the better it is, right? There's no, mm. there's no upside cost. But can Spotify do that? Can we head towards that? That is the that is the discussion, which is why they bought Joe Rogan. They do all this Spotify, you know, exclusives and all those kind of things, uh, which which will be interesting and, and we can explore. But let's take our time now that we understand the overall business from the user, artists, and what do they actually do in between all these important products and processes. Let's run through the business model, how do they actually make money and where is their revenue coming from based on their business model? Mm. So a good 90% of that right, actually comes from the premium monthly subscriptions. Yeah. The 10% only comes from the display ads or those kind of like sound bites in between your, your, your music. Um, so very much heavy on a subscriber base. They are very, very much uh, looking at say the loyalty of the customer. Right. Uh, in this sense, for a subscriber, like how long are they actually with the company? Right. You want you want to have more people that stay on uh, with the subscription, and they don't churn. Yeah. I think I think we can go into the the metrics later. Mm. And how 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 does dive. this work? Right. Let's right. Go so, in, man. Let's go in now. Yo yo. <laughs> <laughs> how do they? Ninety percent of their revenue comes from subscription, right? So how is that mm. part of the business doing? So that part of the business is actually, um, like what you mentioned, the average revenue per user is actually falling. Uh, but what's been happening is that the churn rates are reducing. So that's a good thing. So what is a churn rate? Churn rate basically means that someone subscribed and then after a while, they unsubscribe. Then you, you mm. sort of lose a customer. You lose a paying customer, right? So they convert back into, say, a free user or even worse, they don't use Spotify anymore. Yeah. Mm. So mm. what Spotify is trying to do is that uh, yes, we sacrifice for the short-term uh, profitability for a long-term strong customer base that can give us these more um, stable and reliable revenues. Now. So what are the numbers looking like? Right, so global paid subscribers, you have about 144 million globally. Mm -hmm. la. Yeah, so this is, is uh, like for, makes up 45% of the monthly active uh, users. So monthly active wow. users is another metric. Uh, basically, it's the number of uh, active listeners, la, paid or unpaid. Yeah, because it's the freemium model, right? So a lot of people use mm. free and then they try to push everyone up the premium side of things. Okay. Right, right. And, and of course, there's different tiers also. Uh, so this, this number, it comes from uh, basically all the different kind of tiers. Maybe some people on a student trial, some on family plan and stuff like that. La. So, yeah. So you family times that plan. number and then you <laughs> Family plan. Yes, yes. I keep hearing that family plan ad also. Yes. Sharing is caring. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, mm. yes. Okay, the next one we talk about is uh, average revenue per user. So basically, this has been declining. Right? So from mm. 2019, 5.5. And then 2021, it went down to 5.1. Yeah. Mm. So we, if you if you like say you plot out amongst all quarters, uh, this has been steadily declining as you mentioned. Okay, I, I think an interesting thing to note is Q4 2020, it actually came down to 4.26 per user. Mm. Right? So that's a that's an interesting thing to note. And let me give you a little bit of what I believe is the causation. Okay. <laughs> so based on our experience running the podcast, when people stop traveling, people stop moving, right? audio consumption actually comes down. Video consumption goes up, right? Because people are static at home. They, you know, audio is extremely flowy. You listen on the commute, you know? So that, that, that is the kind of content that works extremely well on commute. But at home, nobody really listens to audio. And we have cross-checked with all the other podcasters and major media players here in Singapore. Everybody says that during lockdown, audio consumption came down, right? So, so... Mm. That may be a reason why revenue came down, you know, as a result of 
um, lockdown. So people don't feel the need to pay premium you know, for Spotify and people can, can potentially be cutting back on cost in that sense. Right, so that's my uh, very shallow causation prediction. Right? That, that, that may be a thing because if not, then it's very hard to account for the anomaly in their trends. Right? But we are seeing um, average revenue coming down and in your words, you believe that it's because of pricing. They're bringing down pricing so that they can get a bigger base. Is that, is that what I'm seeing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this insider perspective is actually really, really useful. Yeah, so mm. it's, it's to do with, again, the, the dynamics of how people consume different types of media. Yeah. Yes. I never yes. thought of it. Mm. Yeah, extremely important. I mean, if you're not using it, then you will, you will close it. You will, you will not pay for it, right? It's kind of like how I stopped paying for SG bikes because I bought my own bike. Right? And because the SG bikes <laughs> too chala already, right? Not enough bikes. Still tell me the SG bikes. But anyway, okay. Side topic. Uh. <laughs> okay, back, back back to this thing. Tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, the free guys. The guys that are doing the ads, you know, the, or the guys that are coming in from the broader picture of the overall app. Because the freemium is only the very top guys. Which, although they're paying 90% of revenue, it's coming from the premium guys. But the mm. business model is a little bit bigger than just a premium. It's kind of like how Dropbox does it, right? And all the other freemium guys. Free, a lot. they also spend a lot of time acquiring customers in the free space and then they try to premiumize them, right? So paint us a rounder picture on this whole thing. How do they actually do it? Uh, I wouldn't say like they purposely irritate you to the point where you upgrade. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> Personal experience tells me otherwise. <laughs> but yes, yes, I get it, I get it. They, uh, uh, they have... <laughs> They have done some consumer research to a point where it irritates you sufficiently to upgrade, but don't irritate you enough for you to delete the app. Kaula, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Continue. We, we, we can put it in a nicer way. Um, <laughs> yes, they'll yes. give you a, a, a free look into their mm. premium experience so that your sound experience with Spotify is exquisite and you will want to upgrade. That's yeah, so. Um, branding, <laughs> marketing angle, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you will know the, the, the big difference once, once your, your free trial ends. Uh. Yeah. Mm. So this free look basically is a, a, for a freemium model, right? They usually have these free trial periods. Um, if you're new to Spotify, um, maybe they check uh, that, okay, you've never used it before. And then uh, how about a three-month trial? Just try out and then um, if you like it, you subscribe. If you don't like it, then just use the, the, the free version. Uh, and then you experience how, that, how, how bad is it. <laughs> But uh, the, for the free trial, actually, actually, it's very important because people just want to know, what am I paying for, right? And then is this content, is this quality going to be uh, as expected or not? Yeah, is it as good as what my friends say, right? And what your friend says, usually you will trust lah, because it's basically it's your circle of, of influence and things like that. Which brings on to other kinds of plans. Uh, there's a family plan. Uh, it doesn't have to be your direct family and all that, but I just say it's like, uh, basically you can share the subscription lah. So maybe amongst three people... Um, you can share the subscription and then um, you can just use it whenever. And of course, the, the total net price is going to be lower. So you share the cost amongst each other. Yeah. So that kind of um, spreads the usage uh, across, uh, let's say, your friends. Some are heavy users. They can still use. Some are very light users here and there, but just want to try. Uh, but they finish their free trial already. And sure, then just hop on board. Lah. Okay, okay. You want to paint us a little bit of a picture of how intricate some of these you know, marketing efforts are actually, you know, it's, it's like, it's not randomly they decide, you know, uh, give you free trial, randomly decide give you three months, right? Actually, a lot of these tech players, they have very intricate processes at the back, right? So you want to give us a little bit of clarity there. How is it decided and all these kind of stuff? Okay. So from a marketer's angle, um, we look at it in terms of a campaign and every campaign has a certain kind of uh, target segment, right? Your audience which you want to apply the campaign onto. Now, with the data that Spotify has, right, they know, for example, when you first signed up. They can also know, like, when's the point where you put in your credit card, right? Haven't paid yet, uh, but you just put in your credit card because they asked for the free trial. And mm-hmm. then they also know the point where, <laughs> the optimal point where people actually convert, that's the mm-hmm. time when they actually can uh, be more uh, influential about it by putting an ad in front of you to say, like, please try our premium features. Your free trial is expiring soon. Right? Things mm. like that. Or they can put in these uh, sound bites in between your music as well. So the frequency can increase depending on which stage of this whole cycle of acquiring a customer uh, you are in. 
So all these have different kinds of segmentations which uh, marketers do have access to uh, in, in, let's say, Spotify's own company backend. And they are able to automate all of this. So basically, once you're registered already, they, they start uh, clocking in when you're listening, when you're uh, actually... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all, all, all your data belongs to them. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's a powerful part. So then where are they in the business environment at this point in time? Like, what is their market share? You know, what is their growth looking like in, in this space? So for market share, actually, they have about 35% of total paid subscriptions if you're comparing to all uh, other kinds of competitors. So what are these competitors are? Uh, say it's like YouTube Music, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Um, you have other maybe smaller players like Tencent Music and, and stuff like that. So out of a total of these, right, actually 35% is uh, not bad, right? Mm. Uh, but then again, there are other much, much larger players, right? Like full-scale, huge tech companies that's going into this space or so. Yeah, exactly. Then th- These are paid subscribers, what what about the overall you know user base? Are they the the biggest or, or what are we looking at from from a user base standpoint? Well, this one um, I only have twenty eighteen data. Basically, they have seventy uh, percent market share of global streaming revenue, but it didn't say anything about the listeners of music. Nice, nice, mm. nice. And I think that is pretty coherent with our personal experience. Yes, seventy percent of our audience come through Spotify. I think they are indeed one of the biggest guys, right? And, you know, then they try to make you pay premium, right? <laughs> so, yes. And then, then what are their financials looking like then? You know, being a one-third big player in, in this uh, paid subscription space. So, revenues first, uh, we see that increasing. So, uh, in euros, uh, in uh, billions of euros, it's 2.1 uh, versus 1.85. So, that's a 17% change year on year, right? So, mm. that, okay, Right? But we want to also know how their expenses lie and how their margins are. So this is where maybe like, mm, you take a, a, a back seat and then you say like, okay, uh, is this a company that I want to invest in or not? Okay, so here's why, right? So operating expenses went up a lot. Um, it went from a gross profit of like 575 to negative 69 operating loss. Yeah, so these are in, in millions. Lah. So for, for some reason, right, one quarter, you're just spending like 700 million plus. Is it like, what, mm. the Joe Rogan acquisition or something? Like, like this is huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you manage to find out where do they spend their money? Like what? Uh, no. No, no, no. Okay. So, I think um, Spotify has been going on uh, like an acquisition process, right? Buying other platform players in the podcast space, buying a lot of these big brands in the podcast space. So, I think they're doing a lot of these kind of content acquisition process. They're also taking out a budget to do originals. So I kind of see this similarity with Netflix and also essentially the similar problem with Netflix, right? Of endless need for more content, more content, mm-hmm. more content and more and more expensive, more and more expensive, more and more expensive. Why? If uh, We'll talk about Netflix another time. So usually what they do is they will sign a one season plus two season kind of extra licensing thing. So if mm-hmm. it makes a hit, then they could do three seasons. But then mm. after three seasons and the same crew and cast and producers will muck up a lot. You know, or they will sell this whole thing to HBO. <laughs> right? So <laughs> it's, a, it's the same problem that Netflix uh, face is they use their platform and their power to grow a brand that is not you know, totally theirs because they only sign for a fixed period of time. And then once it becomes big, they have to multiply their cost of production they may be taking on this route and you know it, it can be a cause of concern depending on whether they can outrun their revenue based on the content cost that's going to keep amounting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do see it as a, as, as a bit dangerous uh, because every time they have to do this, basically it's just shelling out more and more cash, right? And mm, we haven't mm. talked about, say, other competitors that's doing it as well. Right? Yes. So let's say, for, for example, on Netflix, then um, how are you going to beat, beat Disney Plus? Is if Let's say like, the whole Marvel Universe, Star Wars, and everything is there already, right? It captures everyone's exactly. eyeballs for the next nine months at least. And then exactly. Netflix is like, oh, I'm even hearing from friends, right? I'm subscribed from Netflix, right? nothing to watch. Ah, that's terrible. Exactly. That's terrible. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, right? When, when Disney Plus came out, when Disney announced that they're going to do Disney Plus, Disney shares went down by 15% and I bought a hell lot 
during that period mm. of time. Because if anybody could fight Netflix, it's Disney. Because Disney has no need for marginal cost for content creation. They are already creating like mad. That is like part of their business model. Streaming is just an extra distribution. Right? So if anybody can fight Netflix, it's Disney. Right? But mm. I think, you know, that is a... The train has left okay, for, for the Disney train. We can talk about Disney another time. But on Spotify, it's definitely a cause of concern. You know, and, and how does that play out in the way you evaluate other parts of their financials then? Like in terms of their debt, in terms of their cash flow, what are we looking at? Uh, I would say that's, that's like a very pro stock tip there. Yeah, thanks for the tip. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. No, we're not, no, no recommendation, no tip here, right? We're, we're in a discussion mode. Discussion mode. <laughs> okay, so uh, for cash flow, right? Uh, again, comparing year on year, it's 0. 0.29 billion. So that's 290 million. Yeah, versus a negative 0. 0.2. It fluctuates, la, it fluctuates. Uh, one reason yeah. why is because they have this kind of like uh, accounting concept of deferred revenues. So mm. anytime they say like they change their plan uh, um, or their, sorry, their pricing plans, when they change it, uh, this gets affected. And it also gets affected by the number of uh, people that unsubscribe, resubscribe, and the people that are totally new to the subscription. Yeah. So some people, they actually have a subscription before and then they let the free trial end, for example, or they let their existing subscription end and then they only sign on after that. So after mm. a certain period of time, yeah. So this cash flow part is a bit lumpy. Yeah, but overall, we're seeing revenue and cash coming in stable. Although, uh, it's just accounted lumpy. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So don't, don't, not, not a big cause of concern in, in, in that part. Yeah, uh, cash is still coming in. Uh, but depending on what kind of investor you are, like some would prefer steady cash flows, like, or cash in the bank always increasing one, not up, down, up, down, up, down, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, whereas some people actually don't mind that kind of uh, volatility in terms of cash. Mm. Yeah. So, mm. uh, yeah, up to the person to decide. Uh, Margins-wise, uh, this one, operating margin actually decreased. Right? It's a negative 3% compared to negative uh, 1%. Very, very too close for comfort. Uh. Yeah. Mm. The mm. amount that they're making, right, is just a sliver Right, I yes. think it could be yes. a little bit more, but um, same could be said for, for any other subscription kind of companies with the need for these kind of uh, uh, expenditures. Lah. Yeah, so that, yes. going back to the discussion about the expenses having to shell out more and more cash, I think it's definitely going to, to impact these margins. Lah. Yes, and it doesn't help that their competitors are all these big boys with other places to make money. Right? I think a lot of people you know, when they look into growth stocks, they always see, wow, very exciting, grow, 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 grow. But you need to realize that when you're competing with Apple Music, right, Apple can continue to sell computers and invest in music. Right. right? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, YouTube can continue to sell you videos and invest in music. Right. So, so, but Spotify has no place to sell something else and invest in music or invest in podcast. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think that is, um, it's a similar thing where a lot of growth companies will struggle which is why um, there's this whole thing about oh Amazon is out this Mr. Yay right so <laughs> or Amazon wants to come in oh you know shit <laughs> so I think a lot of investors um, especially the younger ones that are newer in this investment space you need to recognize that hey growth companies are great they're growing very well they're interesting they have a big future they may become the thing but as they're growing if all the big boys start to see that huh there is a business here they have a whole machine of cash flow generation that they can then take the money and then double down and attack you Mm. so I think what we see from their financials is that at this moment in time Spotify is in the heat of the the combat they're trying very hard to be in the music space it's not super profitable, but then they're taking on this new other podcast thing because, you know, all these other big boys are coming in to take on their music pie, right? So whether or not it can come out, um, big question mark. I think maybe highly dependent on management or highly dependent on their team. Yeah, what, what do you think? Where are they now at this moment in time? If you look, let's say from Amazon's perspective, right? If they wanted to build their own Spotify in their portfolio of all the other products, it is just that one product, but their main core business, right, actually is still AWS or e-commerce. And they don't actually need uh, Amazon Music, right, to be profitable. They can just continue sinking more money into it until, uh, say, there's more and more subscribers, right, to Amazon Prime, 
right? So they yes. don't actually care whether or not they make money. Uh, but it's actually eating more and more into uh, Spotify's main uh, revenue pie. Yeah. So yes. someone else's pie is not your same pie. La. That, that, that's basically mm. the analogy. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Problematic. Yes, yes. But this is for, um, I think, our listeners to make their own educated decision to understand and take this concept with them, you know, to look at every other, you know, uh, big players trying to compete with a lot of these growth stocks, right? So don't see the growth stocks as on its own island and nobody is competing with it. It does not happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So who are behind, you know, um, Spotify? So, okay, we can go down the roster. Basically, we have the CEO. He was also the one of the founders, uh, Daniel Ek. So he founded Spotify in 2006. Previously, he's got experience in uh, starting an online ad company also. This one was acquired. Then um, he had several roles at uh, auction companies uh, called Tradera. This one was then acquired by eBay. Uh, then he was also the CTO uh, at Stardoll. Basically, Stardoll is a fashion and entertainment community for preteens. A little bit random, la, that one. Yeah, but basically, he has uh, entrepreneurial experience. Uh, but he has played roles as a CTO as well. So as a tech company, I think he has that uh, capability to understand the dynamics of, of running one. La. Yeah. And if you think about it, basically this is the whole of Spotify, right? There's a community portion, there's the ad marketplace at the back, there is the there is the whole like auctioning within the ad space, and then the front-facing user user interface. Huh? This guy sounds like like he's the one that created Spotify after all his experiences. <laughs> cool. I think it's a combination of all the things, uh, yeah. But for Spotify, other than having these kind of um experienced co-founders on board, right? They also need someone strong inside the music industry, which actually, mm. I don't see. <laughs> so we can yeah. go down into it and, 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 and talk about it a bit more. Um, Definitely. Yeah, there, there, I mean, there's people from, from, let's say, telecom operators. It's one of the biggest uh, in, in, in Sweden, right? Uh, also the founder of this trade doubler company that uh, was acquired by eBay. So basically, they were co-founders last time. They are co-founders now as well. Um, and then... Yeah, but mostly business experience. Uh. So yes. what I'm not seeing here is a chief technology officer. I'm also not seeing a kind of person that is a very good relations with industry or from the, the, the industry of, of music, uh, right? recording labels and, and all these kind of things. For a tech company, you would want to have a very strong tech person. Yes. But at the same time, also you want people from uh, industry. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Question yes. mark for me. Yes. Question mark, question mark. Especially, I think a lot of people don't recognize that the music industry is actually very syndicated. There are a lot of big boys that are controlling the whole space. Uh, Universal, Warner, you know, they're all very big labels. They are all, essentially all the records are almost all done by these few big boys. Right? Mm. So I think Spotify did start as a protest to big labels. But I think they have reached a point where they really have to grapple. Either it's lawsuits, a lot of lawsuits, which is coming up, or, or having actually some guys in the industry to be on. Right, so that, that is the... I, 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 get, I get your cause of concern, and I think there is a, that's fair concern. Mm-hmm. But we are seeing some of these uh, big gaming guys in their team, right? Yeah, so uh, Chief Premium Business Officer, Alex Nordstrom. So he was the Chief of New Business. Uh, in King.com. So King.com mm. is that company that uh, basically Candy created Candy Crush. Yeah, that's that yeah. super addictive game. <laughs> and I think I think they were the one of the, the like poster boy examples, right, of, of really monetizing games. Basically all your digital yeah. uh, content, digital kind of products, right? Wow, they're able to make money out of a game. Right? Like you buy more yeah. candies. Like how crazy is that? Digital candies. Cannot eat one. People still spend money. Yes. Why? Right? So it's to do also with the experience, it's to do with uh, the, the kind of pricing plans which they uh, embedded into the game itself. And I think for this person to come on board, uh, it's pretty useful. You can see also the, the, the role he's playing as a freemium business officer. He's really pushing it through, uh, basically what he, he's, he's done at King.com already uh, to Spotify as well. Yeah, but the nature of the business is different. So that's not something that I think we can consider as well. King.com is primarily mobile games. Right, or maybe uh, yes. in that came in that sense web games lah, because it's on Facebook also. But for Spotify, it's a streaming service. 
the experiences are actually a bit different. There's only so much that you can apply from games onto, say, music or podcasts, mm. right? But unsure. Really unsure whether this will work out or not. Yeah. If Spotify will have to give games, yeah, maybe I'll have more confidence. I will be more concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I will be more concerned. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it will work. Maybe it will. I don't know. Um I mean uh, some of the big e-commerce guys have tried the whole um game strategy, you know, and it's working, right? They're keeping more people on their platform and you know, it's um yeah, really ready player one future. And uh, so, so so that's that's that. But uh, I'm not sure when when a company that is not dominant in any business yet try to go into a whole new you know set of processes a whole new product of games within their ecosystem it will freak me out right mm-hmm. I, 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 will, I will get a little concerned uh. yeah it's, it's also about the stability la. so um, just take for example Apple's uh, uh, the Apple store right or you have Google Play right you can download all your apps and all kind of, you can download all your games basically you're, you're, you can also become a games publisher from that perspective, mm. right, it's a lot different eh, as compared to mm. just a service that people subscribe to. So if you had yeah. that kind of backing, uh, it's very, very different as compared to just going out on your own and say, like, oh yeah, everyone likes my product. So I, I see Spotify as a very product-centric company. It yes. will live at or die by the product one. Not yes. in terms yes. of the business. Mm. Yes. Based on our discussion on the financials and based on their model, they're at the point in their business where they still don't have that big cash flow generator. Because in the publishing business, in the distribution business, you need a lot of cash flow. You need to mm. be able to buy the distribution rights and stamp down on marketing. And then content creators will work with you to, to get the kind of reach. Right? So Spotify is in this awkward position. But you know, I think that they may have a potential of getting out there, but we're not sure. right? So, so based on that, do you see some modes or do you see some potential modes that's coming out in, in Spotify? There are several modes, but the river, not very deep. La. Not very wide also. So they're trying to like put more water into it, you know, to make it like yes, deeper yes. or to make it like they're wider. Pre-mode, they're pre like mode yes. Yeah. At this moment in time. <laughs> yeah, but, but it seem, it, the, the, the water seems to be leaking somewhere. Yeah, okay, okay mm. here's why. La, here's why. So... Basically, we, we want to see that uh, Spotify growing not just the product, right, but also as a business. Uh, the customers are very important. Uh. So for now, it seems that they have a quite sticky customer base, right? Um, some stats where uh, we can share is say like Spotify user spends 45, 49 minutes per day listening mm-hmm. to something, right? Whereas premium spends 80 minutes per day. So mm-hmm. this is, uh, seems like, mm, okay, yeah, not bad. But uh, if you look in terms of attention, right, as a market share, just attention in general of humans, this 49 minutes, right, is insignificant, right, as compared to, say, TikTok. TikTok people mm. spend hours on it, right, and, like, non-stop even. They just keep swiping and swiping until finger pain also still creates swiping, yeah. But yes. for Spotify, right, there is a limit to this uh, mode because basically people listen, right, you, still, you can still consider them customers, right, but you're limited to that aspect of a person's lifestyle on the way to work, maybe at home. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So that 49 minutes is just nice, uh, right smack. Okay, maybe you need to go to town or something like that, right? Yeah, then average distance uh, to and fro or something like that. So they have the sticky customer base for now, but it has to do largely with the product, not because of the business dynamics. Yeah. The churn rate is also about 50% per year, right? This has been steadily decreasing, which is a good thing. But again, this is a product-related uh, metric that I don't see any other kind of like business initiatives which will try to bring this down or business initiatives to try and uh, get a stickier customer base. La. They're trying with podcasts, yes, but uh, again, for nine minutes per day. La. Well, can you yeah. extend it more than that? Yeah, that, that's the question, Mark, I think. Yeah, yeah. Attention span is, is the business. Right. And like I've provided an insight that, you know, when people are locked down, they're not going out, audio consumption comes down. There is also a whole discussion in the space of streaming, content streaming, that everybody is benchmarking Netflix as the mm. price. So if Netflix is charging this price, 
you know, it's like chicken rice theory, right? You three dollar chicken rice, everything you compare to the chicken rice, right? It was like, oh, this is okay, three dollars for noodles. Okay, sounds okay, same price as chicken rice. You know, will I pay six dollar for nasi padang? Question mark because I'm comparing to chicken rice. So the same mm. idea when Netflix is the benchmark price for streaming, Spotify struggles with that, right? And there's an upper cap as to how much they can charge, and they're not taking up as much consumption, you know, daily consumption, and like like what you pointed out. Unless perhaps they have some way to uh, refresh their content or you know add additional kinds of, of uh, value la, to the to the users, right? It's not just audio; it's additional things. Uh, but then we go into say like Amazon Prime territory, right? You subscribe. Not only do you get music, not only do you get podcasts, but you get free delivery plus more, plus more, plus yeah. more, plus more, right? <laughs> For the price yeah, of yeah. Netflix a month, yeah. So so that's a very big differentiator already. Mm. Yes, Amazon is a cult. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool cool a- yeah. any other modes for, for them at this moment in time there's another one I think this lies uh, with the social dynamics uh, so earlier on we shared about uh, music as a community kind of uh, activity right so people share it they collaborate in playlists and all that um, the recommendations that come from Spotify are pretty accurate uh, and this yes. has been uh, creating some kind of flywheel effect where people are still sharing more and more songs and more people come on board that way also. But again, this is a product-related thing, right? Um, it's also able to attract more artists with the mechanics of the revenue system. Basically, they get a share of not just the uh, streams, right? From the listenerships and all that, but also from the ads. And this is actually quite easy to, to, to analyze. Um, I think this is quite clear for artists also to come about. La. It's like the go-to. La. Even though the interface is bad. La. Yeah, so sorry. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not bad. Okay, by relative terms, they are the leaders. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I, I think a lot of people when they come to Spotify, uh, on top of the data, on top of the... the as, as from a content creator standpoint, it's really the reach, right? They have one of the biggest reach. And, you know, for a lot of these record labels, right? they are using their streaming reach and distribution to get there, right? Mm. So I think that's, that's kind of what, what Spotify is really doing for mm-hmm. a lot of these content creators. So yeah, they are building the ecosystem, which used to be very concentrated within the record labels. You know, they already own the talk shows, they own the, you know, radio slots, they own, because not, not that they buy it, but they're all very good friends and they essentially have the whole, you know, space to, to them. It's kind of like how cosmetic companies, they just buy the whole rack, right? Whether or not they have new products, because that is uh, their friends, right? So they block out market entrance. Um, but Spotify has reshaped this whole platform and a lot of record labels have to work with them. And a lot of artists will then, in this process, you know, work with them, right? So I think, I think they have built a content creator platform that is pretty, pretty good. It's not bad, you know, I'm just being like salty. <laughs> yes, because they don't pay us a lot to do all these things, but they have built this whole interface and this whole process. So, so pretty interesting. So down to nice. the product, really, really, uh, is very important. Um, if somehow, say, Google or Apple, they create a copy of the whole Spotify uh, backend, right? And it's much better. Oh, that's it. The artist is going to start moving over, right? Exactly, exactly. And once the artists move over and then uh, the quality of your content decreases and then basically people move from Spotify over to any other competitor. Mm. What is the kind of arrangement between record labels and Spotify? I think I only know one basic one. Uh, basically, the major record labels, they have uh, existing business in CDs. It is, of course, declining. Mm. Everything is moving on to digital. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. For, for some reason, right, they, these, these labels have not moved online. I don't know why. Mm. Yeah, mm. but that, that, that is what it is. Uh. So, basically, Spotify has a very large uh, distributorship. It has this kind of reach. It goes to them and say, like, hey, CDs still there. Huh? Why you don't want to mm. go to digital? Come with me, lah. Yeah, so uh, they do that sometimes in a slightly aggressive way because uh, mm. the major labels are just losing uh, more and more uh, listenership if they continue the CDs. La. So Spotify being in the unique position that they're in, they will go to them and say like, okay, why not you put your artist content onto our platform and then uh, share mm. some kind of cut. La. Yeah. Of course, that kind of cut may not be as uh, lucrative, right? But they do give these kind of uh, stats as you mentioned uh, the same ones, right, to these uh, major labels as well. Because the major labels are the ones that represent these uh, larger artists, right? 
for the smaller artists or, or let's say like individual creators individual creators and all that they, they just use the, the, the platform itself yeah. basic but stream yeah. basic streams and all that kind of stuff mm. Yeah. so that is the relationship that I know of uh, I'm not sure about the other kinds of relationships going on yeah, and they're not very open about this part, right? I think the mm. record labels have a lot of secrecy in this thing. But just kind of see the big records as like an anchor merchant. It's like, mm. like Taylor Swift here, you know, Jay-Z, they're all here. So then, you know, you will come in, right? So from a Spotify standpoint, they don't need to make a lot of money from the record labels. And mm. they're just really using it as a way of driving traffic, right? So everybody can come in and, and listen. And then, you know, you can continue to sell all these other side artists, you know, along on the platform. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. I think, uh, so one. Sorry, sorry. Can I talk about one other metric which which was important uh, for this point? Yes, please. Uh, it was actually the stream worth. So these are not the the kind of numbers you can see on a daily basis, uh, But on a rough aggregate perspective, right? Uh, you can see how much higher or lower, right? These platforms like Spotify or Amazon Music actually pays to the artists, right? So. Amazon Music is the highest at 0. 0.01196 cents la, per stream. Per right? stream. Wow, per sounds stream. Sounds damn sad. But okay. <laughs> this one of the highest. This one of the highest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, fair. Where's, Which is why the music industry is protesting. <laughs> yes, continue, continue. Where's uh, for Spotify, it's 0. 0.003. It's almost three times less than Amazon. You really thought Amazon Music was less, right? Yeah. So, mm, wow. on average, right, this is three times less. So, how to make sense of this number? Uh, basically, if you went with Spotify, you need at least 250 streams to make a dollar with Spotify. Haven't shared the revenue yet. Uh, haven't shared the revenue. So this 250. Crazy. So depending on how much they are going to share with you, so you're going to need times maybe 100, right? Or mm. times 200, things like that. So back to the point of these uh, major labels and all that. Because these are closed-door negotiations, right? You don't exactly know what is this per stream amount. You also don't know what is that revenue share arrangement. If you are a big artist, then okay lah, you can demand more lah. Hey, Taylor Swift eh, you sure you want to give 0 0.03 only. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yes. And I think um, to give everybody a little bit more context, from 2015 to 2020, actually Spotify half their per stream revenue for, indivi oh for individual my. artists. Mm. Right, so from 0 0.006 to 0 0.003. Right, so if you think about it, that means as, a, as an individual artist on Spotify, you're making half of what you used to make per stream. Mm. Right, so let's see how that will react in the content creator space. You know, I, because I'm already hearing things that people don't want to do it on Spotify anymore and all those kind of stuff. Right? So if a lot of uh, outflow of content creators from this platform, it may dilute it also. Right, so so I'm not too sure. We'll we'll see how that goes. Because I mean, you used to pay me a dollar, now you pay me fifty cents, you want me to do the same amount of work. <laughs> right? Questionable, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then, so, and then yeah. lo logical thing you would do is you, you try to, to expand your options, right? You go to the, the other yes. kind of distribution services, you're not just tied to Spotify, you can go anywhere else. Right? That's yes. a logical thing people would do. Right, right, right. Yes. Exactly, exactly. So on and all, I think we our consensus here is Spotify has created a great product, okay? Different from other people, from the user interface, from discovery, from the audience experience, all the way to the backend from artist data and aggregated you know, information that can help the artists continue to better create and the podcasters. But they are struggling from a business standpoint because they have all these other competitors. They're not dominant. They don't have a big cash generation platform. And on their management team, they have experienced entrepreneurs but nobody in real tech, nobody really in a big artist management role in terms of music content. So what do you see as, you know, overall, what are some other things that we should know on a summary basis? And what are some headwinds and tailwinds for Spotify? So um, let's talk about the tailwinds first. Lah. So they have a few ways that they can go about expanding. One of them is through the podcast, as we've already mentioned. Uh, basically, suddenly there's a switch uh, for more kind of um, maybe like long-form content, interviews, people listening to, to other people's thoughts and all that. But there's also a shift, right, from what people used to hear on radio, right? All these uh, anchors, they are like talking or the hosts, they are talking on radio and all that, right? To a podcast format, right? Because maybe thank it's more you, organized and things like that. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Our community tells us that 80% do not listen to Money FM. Just saying. They listen nice, to us. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, because the format just doesn't work anymore, right? And then people want to yeah. hear things on demand or they have very specific things that they want to, to know right now. Exactly. Right? As in the radio, exactly. then you have to go through all their um, very structured schedule for the whole day. It's very programmatic. Yes. Right? Listen yes. to a few and songs. All the random ads. And yes. then... <laughs> exactly. The random ads, random native ads or so, where the, the radio DJ will start to banter about something and then they act like they're very interested. Actually, it's a native ad. You know? Mm. <laughs> you know, so all, all those kind of stuff. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, and then sometimes they have the segments whereby uh, maybe they talk to another co-host, and then they just talk, talk, talk. Then, oh, stay tuned to find out more. And then you find out like you have to keep waiting for the next two hours, right? For what they actually want. Exactly. Yeah, my goodness. Don't have that time Crazy. anymore. Yeah, so yes, people yes, need to yes. know things now, 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 and quality content, also, mm. right? So there is this opportunity, la, from from the shift of focus from radios onto podcasts. Yeah, so radios, uh, let's say for active users um, in US, for example, right? Radio is about 243 million, whereas for podcasts, it's 73 million. So it's about three times, three times the, the, the kind of growth that they can achieve la, for a podcast. Uh, similarly, we can see that for the hours per year for active users, as well as the ad revenue. La. So this is an area that is uh, growing. Uh, it's something that Spotify can tap on. Yeah. So how they're doing it is, that, for example, the the uh, very good listenership rates of the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah. So they've already shelled out cash to actually um, get them on board. Yeah. yeah. Same idea, right? If you think about it, mm. same idea as Taylor Swift, big record labels being the anchor content creators. So, but this time they, they went one step further. They just buy Joe Rogan. Yeah. Right? It, it makes it even, makes give them even more, you know, way to play around with this, right? They also bought Gimlet, which is one of the biggest content creators in the podcast space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then, um, so South mm-hmm. Korea, they are going to enter into it. Uh, it will be the sixth largest market. Yeah, so that is basically, I mean, it's a standard way that you want to approach the business. You want to go into different markets, right? Now, Spotify already operates in uh, 90 plus markets, right? But South Korea is a big one. Um, this is, uh, of course, a, a, a way that they can grow, lah. Other than that, then it's more of product-related ways to grow, actually. Okay, so product-related growth um, strategies, one of them is more and more devices uh, being connected together, right? Uh, more and more devices also uh, having similar experiences, interfaces, and you want to switch between these devices quite seamlessly. So Spotify, another feature that they have um, is that you can resume playing, right, what you were last played on any other device. So if you're playing on your phone and then you pause, they sync it up with your PC version or your web version as well and then you can resume where you last left off. So just try to tackle the problem where people stop listening when they open the door to their house, for example, right? You can resume where you last left off. This is trying to address that problem. But at the same time, you can play from anywhere else also. So you have that kind of control in your house, right? Where you want to play your music. Sometimes you play from a speaker that is like, well, the bass super good one. Uh, some you want to play on your headphones instead. You, you have the option to choose this. Lah. So, slight trend on a technology point of view is that this will be uh, favoring Spotify until the rest of the competitor products right, actually catch up and have this feature as well. Nice, nice. Uh, another will be their ads, different types of ads. Um, they call it streaming ad insertion. They see they're trying to do something with ads on podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, like, like we've pointed out, right? The, the podcast infrastructure is very messy at this moment in time. So I think Spotify is trying to take that and potentially that could really make them grow to the next level. We're not sure. And mm. uh, I think some of the analysts are talking about music being a very expensive you know, uh, content creation process where podcasting is a lot easier, you know, and more people can do it at a fraction of the cost. It's also interesting content space, right? So I think that's where Spotify really wants to play. Is there any other headwinds that we want to talk about or is there any other thing that you want our listeners to be aware of when understanding uh, Spotify? I think we talk about a lot already, the goods and the bad, the management, da 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 So any last things that we should know uh, while looking at Spotify as a potential company to have in our uh, repertoire? Mm. As a middleman uh, facing the independent labels or the 
the customers, right? They are in a unique position, but at the same time, I think they have to be careful also. La. There's only so much that they can squeeze from the uh, record labels, right? <laughs> so, yes. yeah, they have to be careful about that also. Because at any time, there can be another larger competitor or another kind of product also which can take that away from them. Yeah, so... I think maybe we, we, we try to be optimistic about Spotify. Like it's a nice product. Yes, you, you use it. It's awesome and all that kind of stuff. But analyzing it from a business point of view, right? There's a lot of other considerations which we have to uh, take into account uh, before we want to put any money into it. Exactly. I'm not saying don't invest, yes. Yeah, I'm just saying do yeah, your yeah, due diligence. Yeah. No, we are not. We are not giving any recommendations <laughs> here. We're just talking about it, giving knowledge and our perspectives, right? And do your study, right? But I think mm. I think this was a great discussion because, like you rightfully point out, not all good products actually make good businesses, right? And uh, I think that is kind of where a lot of tech companies are struggling because. In the early days, they just spend a lot of time developing a great product. And after that, then, you know, that's the culture in the tech space, right? And after that, then they think of like, okay, now how to monetize? And then this is the problem that started to come in, right? So I think a lot of tech companies struggle with this and we can continue to talk about all these things in another podcast with other companies, right? So thank you for tuning in today. I'm sure everybody learned some good juices. Ultimately, this is for education and we enjoy spending time with you. So please drop us um, any other stocks that you want us to geek out and talk about. And I think Thomas will be very happy to talk about more and more techy stuff, you know, because he's in the space. And yeah, hope you had a good time. So take care. Bye. Bye. Hey Coconut, so I hope you learned something useful today and definitely recognize that investing is a personal decision. We're not giving you any recommendations here, but I'm always happy to geek out with you about different interesting companies and trends for the future. This series has a lot more depth and terms, so if you have any questions for us, do join our community telegram group or DM us on our socials. Link is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. And to stay tuned with what is happening in the markets and in the TFC network, do sign up for our weekly newsletter at thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, I hope you have a great day ahead and may you improve to become a confident, insightful and disciplined investor, ultimately creating the life you love while managing your finances well. See ya next week.